Good morning, everybody. Um, super excited to be up here. Super excited, but I say that with a whole lot of nervousness, too. So just keep that in mind. But I'm excited because the second time, you know, I kind of get to fix what I did wrong the first time. So I'm going to try. Um, but no, I'm excited today because, you know, God, God has put on my heart. He's put um, a good message. I'm really excited about it. Like, met with Kyle on Monday about it. We kind of talked about it a little bit, and I got super excited. And I worked through it the rest of the week, and I was just hoping for Sunday to get here quicker because I wanted everyone else to hear this message because it's just so deep and it's so good. But before we get too deep, Kyle prayed twice, but you can never pray too much, so I'm going to pray one more time. God, we just thank you for allowing us to gather here this morning, for being able to worship together in person or online. God, we just ask that you just let us focus solely on you for the next few minutes, God, that we just... Don't worry about anything, that we don't worry about our fantasy football teams, that we don't worry about the Seattle Seahawks game later tonight, that we don't focus on anything of this world except for right now we focus solely on you and who you are. And God, I ask that we just get closer to you through this message in your name. Amen. So when I read Mark 2, you know, chapter 2, 1 through 12, the first time I read it, you know, I kind of thought the meaning was about the strong faith that the four guys had. I mean, these guys had to have some incredible faith in order to carry this paralyzed man all this way to meet Jesus, who is just some random guy that apparently can heal people and cast out demons and do these things. I thought that that was the message. I thought that was the meaning. I thought that's what we were supposed to get out of this piece of scripture. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the beginning of the meaning behind this message. And so... Today, we're going to look at this a little bit more deeper. We're going to kind of dig a little deeper into the passage. So, you know, if you're in a chair, get comfortable because we're going on a ride. So let me, you know, Kyle read the story, but I kind of want to go through the story again. Um, But before we actually get into Mark 2, and the end of chapter 1, like I said, Jesus was healing people. He was casting out demons. He was doing all of these things in his ministry. And so he was a pretty popular person once we get to Mark chapter 2, right? Word spreads quickly if there's this guy that's casting out demons and healing paralyzed people, right? Word's going to spread pretty fast that this is happening. And so we pick up the story in Mark 2, and Jesus is preaching in a house, and the house is so full that nobody else can get in. It's a packed house. And these four guys, you know, like they said, they're carrying a paralyzed man to Jesus so Jesus can heal him. They get to the house, and they notice that it's too full, that they can't go through the front door, they can't go through the back door, or anything like that. So they determine come up with this bright idea to go up to the roof of this guy's house and dig a big old hole in it to lower a man inside the house. So they do all this work. They get the guy down, lowered into the house. Jesus sees this, and he's amazed by their faith, and he tells them this one simple sentence. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now this made the scribes upset. They were upset because they knew that only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, And responded to them saying, which is easier for a person to say, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and walk? Jesus then tells them that he has the authority to do both. And he tells them, and he tells the man to get up and take his mat and go. And this at the end of the the text says that it resulted in the crowd and everyone being amazed and praising Jesus. So we went over the story. Let's go. We're going to go over it one more time. Okay, because the more we go over it, the more familiar you're going to be with it. But I'm going to just hit a few of the important highlights this time instead of going through the whole story. So the first thing, like I said, 
was the great faith that the four men had, right? They heard of what Jesus was doing. They heard of what he was capable of doing. And so they carried this paralyzed man to the house and do this. And you really have to give credit to their faith because it's one thing to see and believe, right? It would be easy for them to see Jesus doing that, so it would be easier for them to believe and want to do this. They heard what Jesus was doing, had strong enough faith that Jesus could do it, and so they went to go meet Jesus so that he could do this. But Jesus decided to do something different, and he tells them that his sins are forgiven. Usually that's good news, right? We all want to hear Jesus tell us that our sins are forgiven. Well, here's the nice thing about that. A little spoiler alert for a little later on, okay? Jesus did that. He forgave our sins. And he represented that when he died on the cross for us. He took that, you know, he took that penalty, he took that death to forgive our sins. See, but these guys did all this work to have this man healed. And instead of having the man healed at first, they get Jesus telling them that their sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know about you guys. Now, I understand it's Jesus, okay? I understand that's who we're talking about here. But I would be pretty upset if I did all that work for Jesus to forgive his sins instead of healing that man. That's just the way, or maybe that's just my human nature looking at it. I'm sure some of you guys would be upset too. But you can't do all that work, and when you expect to get something and you don't get it, you get a little upset. See, and then we see that Jesus deals with the scribes because they're upset thinking that Jesus is blaspheming. The scribes use the right kind of logic. They correctly believed that only God could forgive sins, and they, even, and they were even correct for examining this new teacher. Their error was in refusing to see who Jesus was, God the Son, who has the authority to forgive sins. The scribes' teaching and what they thought to be right and true actually rivaled Jesus and his authority. Jesus is God, and they couldn't see that or believe that because of what they were taught. And that was one of Mark's goals in this story, was for people to see that Jesus is God. The scribes just needed to see Jesus' authority on display firsthand. Jesus then asked them the question, knowing, both, knowing that both tasks are impossible for man, but possible with God. And he tells them that he has authority to do both, to forgive sins and to heal this man. And then he tells the man to get up and walk, and the man does. And because of this, the crowd was amazed, and they started to praise. So what exactly does this mean for the people in the passage? What's the, what's the point, right? I said that there was a deeper meaning, so then what is that? It's that Jesus has the authority over the seen and the unseen. The unseen was the forgiveness of sins, and the seen was the healing of the paralyzed man. Jesus proved his authority of the unseen by displaying authority over the seen. So then now exactly what does that mean for us? That Jesus' authority is unrivaled. So what are some rivals that we deal with? What are things that rival Jesus in our daily lives? You know, we have, there's finances. I'll be honest with you all, for me, it's video games, all right? Hey, I'm a grown man, but I still play video games, all right? Whatever. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, video games, social media, politics, sports, our jobs, whatever competes for our attention and our affection is a rival in our life. I want to share a quick uh, story with you guys. I have a coworker at my job at the pizza shop in Woodland. 
she just grinds my gears. She gets me all fired up, but it's not in a good way. Okay, she, she just, I get this festering anger built up, you know, and it just, I just want to let her have it. I just want to blow up in her face, give her a piece of my mind, and, and if she quits, then whatever, right? But, and so I'm left with a choice. You know, I could either blow up in her face, or B, I can simply choose to forgive her. And the reason why we need to choose forgiveness each and every time, and, and for me, yes, it is each and every time I work with her, is because Jesus first forgave us. And we see that in the story when the men arrived with the paralyzed man. The first thing Jesus did was forgive the man's sins. If we lead a life of forgiveness and love and compassion, that's when Jesus can be seen through us. When we choose to let Jesus' authority control our lives, that's when we can make change, and the result of that is people are left in amazement. Just like the crowd in the text, they were left in amazement after they saw Jesus' authority. And even when I choose to forgive my coworker, sometimes it leaves my other coworkers in amazement. Like, how can you do that? Challenging the thing that rivals Jesus' authority starts with, first, getting close to Jesus. The second thing is letting go of our expectations, like the friend's who carried the paralyzed man and the scribes had. The third thing is actually listening to Jesus by making choices like choosing forgiveness over anger. And then lastly, doing what he says. The man still had to get up and walk away from his mat. So a quick recap, you know, what can we learn and take away from this today is that Jesus has authority over the unseen and the seen. That Jesus' authority is unrivaled no matter what. And that when we choose to let Jesus' authority win, that's when people will be amazed and that's when people will see Christ. Will you guys bow with me? God, we come to you in prayer again to just thank you for who you are, for being a God who is forgiving, for being a God who has authority to forgive our sins and to heal us. Lord, we ask that you just continue to to work in our lives to let us grow in you and to be more Christ-like. Lord, that we let your authority reign in our lives so that people can be left amazed and be seen and can see you through us. In your name, amen.